0: Okay, now I'm recording. I was like, something looks weird. What is going on here? Hey you guys, this is the Mean Podcast and I'm your host, Kristen Filipkowski. The Mean Podcast is where I talk to creative, curious, and ambitious women who are diving headfirst into the second half of their lives. Turning 50 doesn't mean it's time to fade into the background. It means we know what we're doing, and we're not afraid to do it. This episode features a truly incredible woman. Her name is Taylor J., and she has an eponymous collection of beautifully designed women's clothing. She's based in Oakland, California, and her designs are elevated, refined but relaxed, comfortable but chic. Urban is not a word I would use to describe her clothing. There are no logo hoodies or joggers, no graphic t-shirts. But Taylor repeatedly came up against buyers who rejected her clothing because they said it was too urban. She quickly figured out it was because she was black and because she used black and brown models. And this is far from the only adversity Taylor has faced. She gave birth to her daughter when she was just 14 years old after having been sexually abused as a child. Despite the circumstances, her beautiful daughter is now her business partner, and they've opened a flagship store in Oakland. The timing wasn't great. The shop opened just in time to be closed by the pandemic and will remain closed for the summer. But in the meantime, they're leaning into online sales and have curated a work from home collection that will be just as relevant if we ever start working in offices again. In the conversation, Taylor shares her experiences with racism in the fashion industry, how she has pivoted to stay afloat during the pandemic, sleeping in her shop post divorce and so much more. So today on the podcast, we have designer and business owner, Taylor J, who is the founder of Taylor J Collection. Taylor, welcome to The Mean Show.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm excited.
0: Yeah. So this has been, I don't even have to say, an insane few months. And I just want to check in with you. How are you feeling? How have you weathered the first this coronavirus quarantine and then followed by the murder of... George Floyd and the protests that followed. How has that impacted you personally, as well as professionally?
1: It's so funny, because I would say that the professional and personal life, That I mean, usually it's separate, but I think they've pretty much joined hands during this time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's been yeah. like, make sure, you know, you kind of don't, really know the difference between uh, the two you know first off the pandemic the shelter in place it was of shock to us like we started the year off with all these amazing plans we had just locked in the lease at our space which we had a pop-up we've been a uh, pop-up in that space for about six months and so we had just locked in the lease and we were excited oh my
0: about,
1: god, oh my god. I know. yeah we had like a whole calendar built out for um, just creating a space for other makers and for people to be educated and kind of learn. We introduced fashion, like and, and the inner youth. That was like our whole plan for the year and celebrating our customers. Like we had actually just had the first Sunday of March. We had a customer appreciation photo shoot day. We invited all of our customers in the Bay Area, all that it could attend to a photo shoot at the lake. And they were all wearing their Taylor J. And it was basically to celebrate the end of the decade of like, you know, because we're in 2020. And so we mm. just found that at the lake and it was amazing and it was great. And that was like the last <laughs> time you could be around people. <laughs> that, wow. that that Sunday. And so,
0: wow.
1: uh, yeah, it was crazy. And so for us, you know, having to close the space that we just secured and like, this is this new overhead, this new bill, this new responsibility was kind of like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? Like we haven't even started yet being in this space. Right. That was the first emotion. And then Second, of course, it was like, okay, this is a serious pandemic. Like this thing is going quickly and people are getting sick. And then we saw that, okay, this is like, this is nothing to play around with. So then the fear of like, oh my gosh, I do not want to catch this. Or I don't want any of my yeah. loved ones to catch this or any of my customers or anyone that I know or anyone in that case. Right. And so it was just like getting kind of moving past like that fear and Drinking, I remember I was drinking tea like every five seconds. I was drinking hot <laughs> warm tea. I had to put the boiling pot on the stove with my face in yeah. it. Like, I had anxiety all night. And I'm oh my my breath. It was crazy. It was like really, really a scary moment. And so I realized, okay, we need to, like, this is not the way to do shelter in place, right? So I have a responsibility. I'm a maker. You know, we have a community of people that we can uplift. And so I kind of took to online and I was being really positive and, you know, sharing my businesses. I was introducing my business, my friends that have businesses to my followers and kind of encouraging people to do the same. That was kind of my thing. Like my friend's business is my business. I was doing that a lot. And then I was like, okay, you know what? I need to do something. Like we need coverage. We need safety. This is what they were talking about the mask and how people didn't have, there was a shortage of masks. So I was like, I should make a face cover that goes over uh, N95 mask. So, mm-hmm. of course, nothing's open. Everything's closed. So, I had a lot of I recycle. We're like, you know, we I don't throw fabric away. I I keep it forever and ever. And so, I had a lot of cotton fabric from my collection, and I launched the cotton collection in 2019. And so, I went in and just you know had a pattern put together and a bunch of tries until I found the perfect fit and then I launched it. I launched it from my bedroom. Like I was a model, which never happened. Wow! It was like really funny. Like that photograph. I'm so, I will never forget it. And people, <laughs> you look did, great in it. It was so funny. I'm like, I, I can't believe I was the model for that. Right. Like I did <laughs> it myself with my phone. And then I was like, okay, and then we'll donate too. you know, like people will buy one and we'll donate, you know, the next. And so that just kind of was received really well. And we, we just got really busy. So I would say that once that happened, it just kind of overtook everything else. Like we were so busy with just making that happen and and getting things going. Like, okay, this is how we're going to make an impact and and support our community. And this is also how we're going to save our business. Right. So, you know, and this is like me, I'm mama bear, like my daughter, like I'm thinking about her nonstop, you know, and even beyond myself. And so that kept us busy. And then when the killing of George Floyd took place, it was just, I mean, my spirit was just broken, you know, and this is not something that, you know, me as a black woman in my community, we're not, this is not something new. Like we know that we've been killed and, you know, this is, this this happened, this is our reality, but for the world to see it, it to have such a heavy impact and for it to touch people and people to actually take action, it's been a sad, but beautiful thing to witness that so much of a fight and love and unity is coming from this to take over, to overtake, you know, hate. And so just being in business, being a Black woman and seeing how people are reacting and responding now, my moods are up and down, you know, mm-hmm. for different reasons. So it's been a very emotional. Every day is a new day, but, you know, I push through regardless.
0: Yeah, I can only imagine. And I'm wondering if the magnitude of the protests this time around, this act of hate, the response to it. Does it feel different to you than other times when something similar has happened? It does feel different. I feel like it's,
1: I don't feel like people are going to let up, which I, I, mm. I think is amazing. I, I think people are not going to stop led by the youth, the young adults, the young people are fighting and it, you're seeing so many different people. And so when you see so many different people from different backgrounds that are saying, you know, enough is enough. Like they're seeing our struggle, our fight and what we experienced our entire lives. Like my mom experienced, my dad, that you know, like their parents, like this is something that just has been a part of our lives. When other people are feeling it and they're seeing it and they're saying oh no this is not right like this you know and like that's a big that is major because it's it's touching more than just our community now and people are now finally saying okay no we've got to come together and we this has got to stop like this is not yeah. this is not it you know and i think that's what makes it different is like it's not just the black community saying hey look at us look what's happening to us it's like everyone saying look what you're doing to them this is wrong that's the difference. And that's what it should be. That's what it should have always been. But, you know, it's it's what's happening right now.
0: I thought maybe it'd be interesting to go back to how you got your start in fashion. And i um, curious if you have an early memory of um, becoming interested in fashion and just how, how did you get your beginning?
1: Okay, so it's funny enough. When I was um, younger, not, you know, like young, like 18, 19, 10, around that age, I moved to so- SoCal. I moved to L.A. And that's where I opened my first clothing boutique. So I actually did own a boutique, and so it was named after a name that I actually came up with when I was in junior high. So when I was in junior high school, I was really inspired with by fashion, especially vintage stuff. I was really petite, really, really tiny, and I wore a lot of vintage clothing, and that was kind of my way of expressing myself. You know, uh, especially due to my kind of my my life, I have so many different turns, so many different situations. So you know, clothing, especially dated pieces were really special to me. It was something about owning something that a piece of someone else and like their story that was intriguing to me. And so I always wanted to own like a vintage shop. That was actually what I wanted originally. And it just turned into a clothing store. And that was after living in LA, doing some assistant styling and and interning and a bunch of stuff I did when I was um, younger. And um, eventually I went to um, fashion school. For a little bit, little while, <laughs> shortly after I opened up my first shop, and so my whole concept was like unique pieces that were um, just a little different than the norm, the trendy. I never was really into trends, so it was always unique stuff or local independent designers that I would meet that had really unique stuff. And so from that, my second shop that I owned when I moved to it from North Hollywood to um, Sherman Oaks on Ventura Boulevard, I was like, you know, I need to come up with something that works for women no matter what your size or your body or what stage you are in your life. Because I went from being like a size two to being like a size 12 within like six months. So my body, yeah, I changed like drastically. And so I went from having like just this really small little frame, little curves, and I could fit any type of vintage piece to being like this super curvy (laughs) like woman that doesn't even know what to do with my body or how to dress you know? And so I went through a lot with that. I was always on diets. I mean, I lived in LA, so I've been on every diet that you could ever mm-hmm. think of. And it caused a lot of insecurity and just like, you know, self-consciousness with me. And so I think from those emotions and feelings, I, you know, I learned from that. And then just being servicing women in fashion and that would come and buy from me and just the different conversations we had, I discovered like, I need to make something that works for women, no matter what size they are and that they always feel good even when they don't feel good. That was my first like thought, like, okay, you can do this. And so little by little, I had no idea. I'm a self-taught designer. So I, mm-hmm. you know, I, learned, I, I met different seamstress, and I, I played around with things. I made this one dress. And when I moved back to the Bay Area after getting divorced, because I'm, I'm a native of the Bay, I would put my pieces in my shop. And those are the pieces that people would always come back asking about. And my clientele in L.A. was completely different than my clientele in the Bay. Like uh, the clientele in L.A., everyone was always really conscious of their body. They were very like fit or, um, you know, and but they were very, I hate to say this, but my customers were very insecure. And then I went to the Bay and I had customers that were like totally different. They were like, just living their best life. And they were so confident. Like I didn't have to try to sell them anything. They didn't really care what I thought, you know? And I just, (laughs) I I loved it so much. I was like, wow, this is a whole different woman. She's so confident. You know what I mean? Like this other woman is doing all these things and she's so insecure. And this other woman is like so confident and so opposite. And I really became attracted to that. And I really liked it. And it kind of allowed me to grow in ways that I still don't really understand, but I, I see it in my actions every day. And, um, that is pretty much how Taylor J was born from all of that. And eventually I just closed the boutique and focused on learning more about fashion design. And I, I made friends with people. I got mentors and it just organically grew from that space. So I've, I've always been in, in fashion. There's just different you know levels to it. Um, but I had no clue that I would be like designing and have my own brand. That, that was not part of my mm-hmm. own, my childhood plans.
0: Wow. And you mentioned um, mentors. I'm curious what what impact they had on your career trajectory.
1: Well, one of my mentors, we're, we are great friends. I was looking for sewers. I was always looking for someone that could sew for me because I'm not like a sewing person. And so we first met and I would meet with her and she would teach me how to cut and she made my patterns and she's seasoned in fashion. Her brother actually owns Offspray, the backpack brand. Um, that's her brother. And so she used to, you know, run and operate factories of his and, and different things. So she has a lot of experience. And so we just naturally ran organically became friends and to this day I learned so much. I still go to her for about everything. We just saw each other yesterday and she's just so impressed with how I know about fabric and textures and you know the different things that I always will go to her and say, Hey Paula, what is this? you know, or what is that? And what do I do with this? And so I don't take mentorship like for granted, or people that mm-hmm. you know know things for granted at all. And I feel like you can always learn something from someone. And so she definitely is a major person that helped me a lot in the beginning, um, just me kind of understanding the whole you know idea of like from start to finish to product. You know, I understand selling because I, that's my background, but just like producing and all of the things that kind of come with it, I'm very grateful to the community that. Pretty much in, kept me uh, encouraged and inspired in, within that you know that world because it was new for me and I wasn't a designer that you know I'm self taught so everything I I, I know now I've, I've I've learned or I've asked questions or I've read about it or just you know from doing it you know figuring it out <laughs> trial yeah. And error.
0: yeah um, you mentioned that you went to fashion school and you kind of laughed. And I'm curious (laughs) if there's a story there about maybe preferring the self-taught route or something like that.
1: Well, I went to, it was California Design College in LA and I laughed because I dropped out, so... And I, I'm so honest. I'm a little to, kind of too honest. And so I used to share that. And I was like, that's not really good for me to say that to a younger <laughs> girl. You know, just, I don't want anyone dropping out because I did. And so um, that's kind of why I laugh. But
0: yeah, everyone has their own path, though, right?
1: Exactly. And, and you know, you got to remember, I was a mother. So even though I was young and I've always, you know, I had my daughter. So my life is a little different. And so at yeah. a young age, I owned a house and I I was married yeah. and I had a child. You know, so I I was in school with these girls and these kids. And I was just like, I felt so much older than them and them. And I felt so out of place. And I was just like, this is not for me. I don't have time for this. Like I, I've i got real life going on. Let me just um, yeah. get into the world. And so I just dropped out and then I, I opened up a location maybe like six months later. So that was kind of like, you know, my story. Yeah. I wish I hadn't dropped out though now, but yeah. So, cause you know, just some things you just need to learn and some people that, you know, you, you meet and in, in different industries, especially in fashion, but at the time, I thought that was best. I was like, oh, I've got too much real-life stuff going on. I can't I can't be here.
0: <laughs> yeah. I feel like maybe you were like, this is a little too slow-paced for me. Like, you wanted to sort of speed things up a little bit, maybe?
1: Yeah, I think that definitely. And I'm definitely like a hands-on type of person. And the way I learn is a lot different than the norm. You know? So, yeah, it definitely wasn't something that was fitting for me.
0: Yeah, that makes sense to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And so then as you you know founded your stores and your collection, I'm curious as a Black woman in business and in fashion, what have been some of the biggest challenges you've faced?
1: Okay. So I'm going to go back. So my first <laughs> store was in North Hollywood and that was um, just like more of an arts district. So there was a lot of studios, a lot of creatives in that area. So that was that was just like a cool vibe, you know? But the second space when I moved and I found a better space and a more prominent area, it was a very white neighborhood. Mm -hmm. And I was a black, young, 20 something year old, you know, young woman. And I owned the space. And I, I went through a lot just as in fashion being black because the treatment that I would get from people that would come in the store, you know, certain people that would support me, certain people that wouldn't. And so I learned early on about that. I learned how I was judged just off of the fact that I was black. Like wow. it didn't take much time for me to learn that, and, and I learned that there are a lot of amazing people that don't even care who you are, you know? So there was different things that I, I learned. And then when I moved back to the Bay area and I opened up a store out there, it was um, predominantly black. And so hmm. I went from having like a uh, 90% clientele that was not black in LA to hundred percent black in Oakland. And so it was like, I learned about two different worlds, same person, but I had two different customers and I was still learning two different things, you know, how to service two different groups of people. And Mm -hmm. so I got a lot of support in Oakland and I had this little shop and now I'm divorced. And so this, it went from being just a cute thing, having a boutique and just like, whatever, this is just what I'm doing. I'm drinking during the day and happy (laughs) hour life, you know, like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) This being like my real life, like where I I went and I had like nothing. I, I even slept in my shop, you know? So oh. it was like I had two different experiences. And when I came back to Oakland, I never talked about what I did in LA because it, I didn't feel like, I felt like that was pointless. You know, like I can't tell you all the things I accomplished and how I was doing in LA when here I'm at this stage right now. And so it just really humbled me and allowed me to kind of learn to push through. And when I kind of shifted to Taylor J, I've moved out of the the boutique space. I experienced a lot, and I I remember so many times being looked over, ignored, like a non factor, and just so many different things that people would say to me, like, "Oh, don't show yourself because you're black." Oh, don't use black models. Oh, it looks mm. too urban. I even had a broker that I was going to um, hire to like connect me with like some. I forgot what it was, but something with sales and wholesale and stuff. And he said, you know, your clothing is nice, but it looks too, you know, urban. He's like, I'm just telling you, I'm a Jewish man, but I'm telling you right now, you you know, you their white buyers are not gonna support you, they're not gonna buy from you. And he wasn't being mean. He was just like trying to, you know, teach me something. That's all I would know. So he wasn't my feelings. He was just like, This is what's going to happen. And so I experienced so many different things and I knew that my journey was going to be harder and longer. And I was going to have to be a lot more patient because I was black and people never thought that my clothing was mine, you know, like, Oh, you're a black girl. And you've got this super comfortable, casual, contemporary clothing pieces. Like what, you know, like they would never associate me with my brand. Even when I would do shows, my assistants, my interns, they would think that they were, they were the found, they were the person, not me. And so I'm used to it. You know, I, I, I'm so I became very much like, okay, whatever. The people that support me are for me and my stories, whatever. But I definitely will say that I know that me being overlooked was completely because of my color. I know that for a fact. Yeah. Yeah. It's sad, but it's true.
0: Yeah. And it also, it surprises me that people said that your clothing, I mean, I don't know if it looked different your if your aesthetic was different previously, but the fact that people would say your clothing looked too urban, I, I mean, to me, it looks very, you know, contemporary, like you just described it, like relaxed, comfortable, modern. And so I almost feel like were they saying that just because you were black? They were think, they were just attributing yeah. that urbanness just to the fact that you were black?
1: Yeah. And the fact that I would always use models of color. So for me, mm-hmm. I would always use a black model, a variety of black models or an Asian or a lot, you know, like I was always using the models that people probably weren't picking. Like, you know, that that was my yeah. attraction. I was picking models that were a little curvy. I wasn't trying to look like every other brand that was at the showrooms, you know, like they had all had the exact same aesthetic and I wasn't really trying to follow that. I was like, this is my brand. This is what I'm doing. And, but in terms of like the look, I literally have built... I have the same silhouettes from the beginning till now. Like oh they're God. all, married. I've not, I've literally just barely started adding a couple here and there and it's the same designs. Like nothing's changed. It has a very much of a related family of pieces. And so, no, I, I think it was just, it was that. And the fact that it's me, you know, it's like you're put in this category immediately. Like, Oh, this is, this is what you stand for. And for me, I'm like, I have the same kind of woman, whether she's black or white, they have the same goal they like to be comfortable they're busy they're mothers they're entrepreneurs, they're homeowners, they're professionals. They want to be comfortable, they want to feel good and they want pieces they can rely on and that I know that is the truth, no matter what the person's you know background is or their color and so that's the woman that i I look to attract is like the woman who's you know she's on the go she's busy and she needs to feel good,
0: yeah, but I love it
1: you know it's truth and Right now, seeing you know this whole ever since the blackout Tuesday and how you know people have been um, encouraged to mute their accounts and share and showcase Black makers and business owners. I mean, this is crazy. I'm seeing people that are tagging me that have rejected me, and I'm just wow. like, you're tagging me now? Like you rejected me like ten times? <laughs> wow. You, you know, don't act like I'm the Black person. You know. <laughs> <laughs> it's got some good stuff because you didn't even want to deal with me. So it's just, it's a, a lot of emotions, you know, and it's like, it's cool. You know, I have a very diverse clientele, more mm-hmm. than what people probably even realize. And they're just all so great. And they're just people that just don't care about who I am like that, you know, like they're just yeah. just good people. And that's that's what I, I love and appreciate. But there definitely is a problem. There's been a problem, especially in the fashion industry, you know, in terms of like discrimination and just, you know, just being overlooked and not even paid attention to, or your style being taken and given Mm -hmm. to someone else, you know? So there's a lot of that.
0: Wow. So you mentioned that, well, actually, before I ask the next question, I'm curious, you mentioned that people are tagging you now who had rejected you repeatedly. How do you respond to that? Do you ever call them on it or are you just sort of focusing on the positive or?
1: I'm funny because I'm super positive, but I'm super call outy. <laughs> like, it just yeah. the mood. you know, yeah. I just depends on the mood. And so I think right now it's like people need to stand in truth. And so if we're going to be trying to make changes, you can't, we can't, we can't bullshit our way through. Bullshit yeah. does not create change. Right. And so there is a couple people I've called out and there's one in particular where I didn't, I wouldn't do it on their public. I, I definitely would never be nasty and, and, and Problematic in that way, but I do go straight to them and I said, Hey, you know, I appreciate seeing there's an issue, but I also want to remind you that you, you know, I was like a non-factor and I don't really think you should tag me because it's just not fitting, you know? And Mm -hmm. of course, excuses are are said back and I'm like, whatever, but I definitely have said, Mm I've said a couple of times where I'm like, don't do that. Like, let's just be real. You know, I appreciate if you would have tagged me and said, hey, I've rejected people like this. I've rejected. And now I, I'm seeing this is wrong and I should, you know, make a change and, and see things differently. I would have appreciated being tagged in truth, but not in like false association. Like, you know, hey, here's a black person to look at. Yeah, like,
0: exactly. Like, let's like not you just,
1: know, you know,
0: <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, let's not just sweep that under the rug. Let's actually acknowledge that you know yeah
1: let's just be all the way truth and that's how we get through
0: this isn't like flipping a switch
1: yeah and that's how we get through you know like it's okay to like not know i have so many different types of friends and we've always had real conversations like that's why all my friends mean. there's never been an issue like i there's never an issue none of my none of my friends who are not black non-black friends are calling me telling me they're sorry because we've always acted and moved with mm-hmm. love there's no need for that you know what I mean? Like there's not, yeah. they wouldn't even. I don't think they would even say because their spirits have not been that way. Right. So, you know, so it's just like that. We just have to like, if there's going to be change, it has to be like genuine and, and, and truth from it.
0: Yeah. So you talked about a little bit about launching your own line and I'm curious, was that a big change for you? Like going from having a shop to designing your own clothing and how did, how did that all go?
1: Yeah, it was a change. It was it was fun. I, I closed my shop kind of just like I was just done. And I actually gave it to my mm-hmm. brother. I was like, here, you can do whatever you want with the space.
0: <laughs> I'm out of here.
1: Oh, wow. It, it the, was was that
0: like, the one down in LA or?
1: No, no, no. The, the LA closed before because I, I moved back here permanently. So for a while okay. I had both and eventually I just closed it. Okay. the one here in Oakland in the Laurel District, I kind of was like pass on to my brother. I was like, hey, you can do what you like. And then I just rented a, a space in downtown Oakland. And just from there, just kind of was, you know, figuring out what I was going to do with Taylor J, which is my first, my first attempt was like wholesale to see about that. And I did a couple trade shows and, and then I ended up going back to the space because my brother, he was like, oh, it's a bit much. So I took mm. it and I gave it a little, a little bootleg makeover. Okay. <laughs> and, then, and then after like six months, I was like, okay, this is not it. This is not the location. This is not. This is not where we need to be. And I just kind of closed it and went by appointment only. But from the change, it was um, definitely scary because, you know, I'm still learning. And I went from, you know, being familiar with people walking in and buying and, you know, those relationships that are built from in person to figuring out how to create a community of women and create like a movement within the brand and like get people to like buy into this, this, this brand and these pieces and for them to like become, become committed to Taylor J. Like that was something that I was like, I wanted to do that so bad. And I was like, how do I do this? What do I do? You know? And then social media being like, I think Instagram was that was the new thing, and being on Instagram and and trying to get features and trying to get bloggers to wear pieces or sending things, you know, just it was yeah. it was definitely a new world for me. And I mean, it's still it's still a new world. It's not it's no different. It's just <laughs> I've got more customers now, but it's still you know the same thing. But it was definitely a shift, and it was really believing in what I was doing and believing that it had a, you know, the end goal was going to be a lot bigger than where I was at at that moment. It was really just like trusting and believing in myself, which is what was able to kind of push me through because I, I, again, I had a studio, like a 200 square foot space and, you know, I had to figure out how I was going to make money and I was self-funded. So I didn't have money for this. And so I don't have any family members with money. No one gave me, you know, Mm -hmm. money to start it. It was strictly like out the trunk figuring it out, creating great relationships with the factories that helped me. I learned a lot from my factory, even to this day, like they've helped me so much, just learning things that they would teach me that other big designers were doing that they knew that worked with them. You
0: mm-hmm. know, they would kind
1: of pass things on to me nice. and, um, and you know, things like that. But it was, it was definitely just like believing in myself beyond where I was at, you know, and that's something I just even, I try to practice even right now.
0: Yeah. And you you mentioned when you got divorced w- was it after you got divorced I don't know how much you know let me know how much you want to even get into this but
1: definitely don't <laughs> we'll talk about the ex husband <laughs> no shout out to him
0: <laughs> no yeah no I was just curious when you made the transition I know, it sounds like you owned shops in Northern and Southern California simultaneously
1: yeah it was like a it was almost like a two trains crossing like I had that shop. And then I kind of was going to do different business with some one of my relatives out here. And then we, that didn't work and we turned it into a, a clothing shop mm-hmm. and then they decided they didn't really want to deal with it. I was already having really, I was ready to, to our marriage was kind of over and I was trying to looking to escape it, I guess mm-hmm. you would say. And so that was like, Oh, let me just open, be there, have a sh- second shop there. And I'll just be there a couple months. It was back and forth for a minute. Mm-hmm. So that was the initial plan. And then Of course, everything with my marriage just started to like really go downhill even more so. And I couldn't get him out of the house because he owned a house. And so it was kind of like, I'll just leave. I'll just be homeless in Oakland.
0: Oh my God.
1: (laughs) I had a five bedroom house in LA and I'd rather be
0: (laughs) in Oakland.
1: Yeah, it was crazy. Like all my LA friends thought I was nuts, you know, but people in the Bay didn't really know, you know, because I had been gone for so long. They didn't really know what was my story back home. But it was definitely like me, being uncomfortable really uncomfortable for a long time to kind of create my own independence and and become like more of a self-made woman for herself you know it was a big deal it was hard it was like a really i was i would say i was in transition for many years
0: yeah i would imagine that sounds really tough but amazing look to see you know where you are now and you meant did you mention that you were sleeping in the shop for a minute
1: Oh yeah, I slept in the shop for a minute because I didn't want people to really know my business, so it wasn't until I went to go visit all my cousins and they were like, well, "Where are you saying at?" And I was like, "Oh, I' just been staying in the shop and after that I was at granny's house and it was like they were like, "No, you can't stay there so I just yeah. was there for like a, almost a year, but yeah, but I was staying in the shop literally sleeping there, Wow, and it was not it wasn't gentrified like it is now it was
0: a oh. lot different.
1: yeah, it was a lot it was it was a lot different than it is right now, I can tell you that. Wow. Yeah.
0: Wow. So, how is the store doing now? Are you able to start reopening now? I'm not sure exactly what the where the rules are at this point.
1: We're supposed to be able to open. I think this I think tomorrow, but we have been doing curbside and so for the safety of my team and our customers, we won't be opening all summer. Yeah, we're definitely going to continue curbside encouraging e-commerce to, you know, for people to shop online and we might just extend more hours available because right now it's just Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's our plan throughout the summer. And we'll just kind of see how things go from there. And mm-hmm. also our, our e-commerce is, is really growing right now. So we don't mm-hmm. really want to, we don't really want that. We want to nurture
0: that. <laughs> yes. Yes.
1: And, and I think people are figuring out how convenient their lives can be right now, how they don't need to necessarily be in places. So I think that I don't think I think the reality of people going into stores is not really something that's just we're not just going to be in stores like that. I just don't see that happening.
0: Yeah, I kind of feel that way, too. Did you have to board up your windows or anything like that?
1: Yeah, we did. So the first night of the protest, it was a Friday night. Sorry, the train is going by. It's (laughs) okay. You hear it? Yeah. All right. <laughs> I love the trains, but speaking can be so loud. Yeah. <laughs> that Friday night. I didn't want to board the windows. We have really big windows, and we have shutters, so I just kind of closed the uh, shutter. And the next, and I put we put signs up that said black owned. And so the next day when we came, they had done a bunch of graffiti all over the windows and a bunch of mm. stuff. Wrote a bunch of things, and so it was before we even got there to clean it up. Someone had cleaned it up, which was really nice. But that was. When we made the decision to board the windows. And so we had them boarded. And you know, like a week later, I was not really feeling the windows being boarded. I said, I don't really like this. I want to take these boards down. Like <laughs> I was like, yeah. I don't feel like my voice, like in this business is next door to me that that nobody else had their window open. They weren't even black owned businesses. And I was like, Why are my windows boarded? This is bad. And so I was going to take them down. My daughter was like, No, Mom, we need to keep them up. If the windows get broken, it's gonna be really expensive. You know, like let's just keep them up. And so I decided to like, okay, if we keep them up, we're just going to, you know, speak through our boards. And so I hired an artist, which is my son, my friend's son, to do a mural. And so he painted, it's beautiful. He painted um, pictures. I told him I I want it to look like the actual windows of the store like you're looking in the window. And, and so he painted it to look like my window colors. And then I gave him two photographs of two models, actual pictures. And I was like, can you paint these models? And then he said, how about we put the names of all the lost lives in the clothing? And I was like, and make it like the fabric. Right. And he, and we just kind of,
0: you know, combine that.
1: And then I was like, and then if we can put magazines oh, black magazines with silhouettes of like black, you know, women on the cover, as oversized images on there too. And then like some writing in the back with like, you know, so it was real beautiful. So now if you see it, I'll, I'll send you photos. You've I'd got love to see models. photos. Oh, it looks good. It looks really good. And you'll see that. And we, we get a lot of attention. A lot of people are taking photos of it a lot. That's and so, um, cool. it, it, so it's a good way, you know, to kind of to show support and, and speak without feeling like we just boarded our windows up and we look like an abandoned business, you know?
0: Right. Right. Uh, that's, that sounds really cool. And you mentioned your daughter. Who I think we talked before when I wasn't recording, we talked about your relationship with your daughter. So I wanted to ask you about that again Um, how he, she's your partner. What's your working relationship like?
1: <laughs> it's very funny. <laughs> it's so cute because at, at least once a week she says, mom, this, and you should not be mom right now. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm always like, I'm the boss, okay? Like, look. <laughs> Mom. And she's always like, you know, just kind of like demanding her little respect and it's so cute. It is. But we, you know, we have a very fun relationship. I think, I wish people saw it more because it's really funny. But, you know, we get along good. I, I would say that she's going to be having a lot more responsibility uh, this year than she's probably ever even considered to even probably want or thought would be possible. So, you know, it's very much like our partnership is growing stronger, uh, especially during this time. And I'm learning as a mom to not, you know, to listen to her and 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 to not just, you know, dismiss her as like, oh, you're you don't know, you're you're the kid, you know. Yeah, <laughs> that's a challenging thing with working with families sometimes. And I so it is, and and but it's good. We're really growing in And my sister is actually, she just joined on board with us too. She handles like all of our operations and and the customers and things like that. So it's been nice with us, just kind of all family, just working together and um, planning together and arguing about what we should or should not be doing together. Right. (laughs) So it's good though. It's all love. There's no bad, you know, there's no bad anything. And I would say that Brenda has pretty much been like, mom, don't you worry about, any of this, like she's made sure that I'm not worried about the shipping and the customers and they pretty much removed me from an area where I was pretty much always involved in and Mm -hmm. allowed me to kind of focus on like designing and, 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 you know, in the, in the planning for um, the brand. So I appreciate that because it's, I'm like a Virgo and I think we think we can do everything.
0: (laughs) Right. It's, it, yeah. Sometimes it feels really good to find that that way to delegate or that way to like let go of let stuff. Go. That you, yeah, let go. And you, you mentioned that you had her when you were very young. So you guys must, I bet you look like sisters.
1: Yeah, no, we definitely, she of course looks young and I look pretty young too. I would say everyone always thinks I'm like in my late twenties. It's nice, but it's almost, it could be annoying too. Like, just, no, I have so, actually
0: some experience under my belt, so...
1: Right, you know? yeah, I'm like, hey, give me some respect. I mean, I've had yeah. customers that have talked down to me, thinking I'm like two, and I'm like, hey. But my daughter, it's so funny because we'll be out and she'll she she gets a kick out of this because she'll just say we'll be somewhere and she'll notice people. People always like I think our the way we talk, we are like sisters, you know, or like mm-hmm. friends. So people will naturally pay attention, and she'll say mom real loud so they can, and then someone always will say mom what. Like that's your mom? <laughs> uh, your mom? Yeah, like call me Taylor when we're out. <laughs> yeah, always tell him, call me Taylor, Taylor J. Oh, yeah, sorry. so yeah, because you know we grew up together. In all honesty, but I've always been really strict, and just because of the things that I experienced and the, the sexual and abuse that I kind of went through at my early early age is it caused me to be a little bit more overprotective and try to uh, make up for. You know, being this young mother, you know, so I've all I'm just now becoming more relaxed and not so uptight about things, you know. um, mm-hmm. I guess I, you would say, once my daughter's always like, chill. Her favorite word to me is, mom, relax, relax. Like she's always <laughs> telling me to relax. It's interesting. I, I definitely, we definitely are, are close for sure.
0: Well, that it is, it's interesting to me that even though you were very strict, you've also been able to be close because. I, my mom was super strict and I was just like, oh, my God, like I'm going to move across the country because I can't. <laughs> it's like so stifling. But you must have been strict in oh, a way. We that, that.
1: Yeah, We went through that. You did? You. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah guess like, the- like I just got her to come out here like she's been here living here now three years. But she was in L.A. and she, mm-hmm. she did not want to come here. So, you know, it was um, she's older now. And so we, we did go through that moment, you know, especially I think it's like any mother or daughter.
0: Yeah, it's normal.
1: It's it is. It's it's tough. And then I think as the children um, get older and the mothers get older and get a little bit more soft. Yeah, <laughs> that's when it kind of you know. And then to communicating. Like I've always been very tough and um, guarded because of you know I had to be. And my daughter, she's a lot more sensitive and she's more more emotional and she likes to talk about her feelings and you know so she's she really tapped into a side of me that I didn't even, I I knew I had it, but I hadn't ever really had to offer it anywhere. And so when she came here and she had her own like experiences with anxiety and stuff, it allowed me to let that guard down a little bit and to, to kind of just have more, not that I I didn't have feelings, but I knew how to just kind of push through, you know, like we don't have time for these emotions, you know, like, yeah. (laughs) you know so i would say she definitely peeled back some layers and i learned a lot from her and and i think she the same for me like she, she was able to like become strong but even within like that that sensitive space you know you can you there you can still find strength you know so you don't break and so i think that we've definitely like learned from one another and it's been a blessing
0: that's beautiful that's really great so, well, I know we need to wrap up here. I want to be respectful of your time, and we're all already a little bit over, but yeah, I just want like, to. No, <laughs> <laughs> I warned you, you might need a break. No. <laughs> just to take it back to your designs really quick, I was just um, checking out all your work from home pieces, and oh, yeah. I, they're so beautiful. And I'm wondering if. Was that something that you created as a response to the quarantine? Or was that something you already had going on?
1: Uh, no. Uh, so there's it's a kind of a combo. So it was definitely a response to the quarantine. Because Taylor J's clothing has always been a brand where it's very flexible with you, you know? So a lot of customers that I have, they travel or they work from home or they're remote, you know, they have all these different ways that they kind of move within the bro- clothing. That's why it works for them. So I was like, the current state. I was, I kept saying, oh my God, this is my brand. This is my brand's mm-hmm. time. What, it, all, what it, all these big companies are doing, trying to pivot to is what I've always been doing. I can't, That has to get out, you know? And that was like, that's all I could think about. I couldn't even sleep because I was like, this is what my brand is, you know? Oh and my so
0: God.
1: <laughs> you know, completely like the essentials and the travel wear and, and you know, the convenience and you can sleep in it if you want to, it feels so good. Like it was already where I was at, where I had been. And so I was like, okay, I've got to get some, you know, attention for this because I, this cannot be lost, you know? And so I immediately was like, okay, what I'll do is I'll create a work from home edition. So I'll do small little pieces edition you know like work from home editions that are small batches and they're limited and they're new styles and I'm going to cover customers who are actually wearing Taylor J and interview them and ask them about like how the how are they navigating how are they pushing through during this pandemic and so we we did that and so the first one was a customer you know my photographer for my team he we shot her a social distance from outside and we shot her family and everything was done from the window. So it was really cool. Oh, wow, and, cool. Um, she wore one of the new pieces that she purchased at a discount and we interviewed her. And so we have some more coming up too. We just kind of, we didn't put them out because of the, you know, the protesting, we went to stand in support of the protest. Yeah. So we didn't want to, um, you know, be promoting the work from home. In addition to that, like interviewing two women and shooting them that are actual customers that are uh, experiencing their own level of, you know, of change during all of this, you know, we felt it was important to, you know, highlight them and just kind of talk to them and then also show the realness. Like this is, these are real people. These are real women and they really wear Taylor J and they're really figuring it out, you know, and their mothers and their, you know, whatever it is that they're doing, you know, we wanted to highlight. And then the model who is actually my daughter, one of my daughter's friends, she's the person that wears, she's in the work from home. She's the model in all the pieces so she'll actually, oh, cool. we, I, I shoot her myself, which is really cool. <laughs> I shoot her myself nice. and then the pieces are there. So I'm excited for us to kind of jump back into the work from home in the next week or so, because yeah. it is really cool and it's new stuff. So it's always nice. And, and and the customers that have been with us for so long, they were so excited to support it. It was like, you know, it's, it's been great. So it was definitely a pivot from the pivot because the pivot <laughs> first were <food or> math. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so it was like I'm not going to just be known for selling masks like I'm a designer, you know, like so Yeah. <laughs> that well, was like my thing.
0: <laughs> yeah, I feel like you were very uh nimble. You were very you were like moving at the speed of things happening. Like you oh it was amazing gosh. to see.
1: Thank you. I have so many books with so many amazing ideas. And I was just like, wow, okay, this is the time. And it's almost, it's crazy. Like I have so many great ideas and things that are that we've been wanting to do or we've started working on. Even the Cotton Collection, which launched last year, 2019, the Cotton Collection is showing respect and homage to my ancestors, you know, and mm-hmm. how I feel about our relations to sustainability and us, our... Uh, connection with cotton and all of these things that has become very like, you know, trendy almost, I would say, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, but it's like, Hey, you know, we, I feel like I've been sustainable by birth, you know, Mm -hmm. and my ancestors, like, this is kind of what it is. Right. And so the cotton collection was, was what that was born. And the pieces are very Victorian inspired, you know, like, and I, I really didn't get to promote it the way I wanted to, but I'm going to actually kind of re-bring bring that back out again right oh, now cool. during this time. And I think it's important for people to kind of see what that was about. And the, the mask came from that collection. Okay. So yeah, they were made from that, all of that, that leftover fabric. fabric. Yeah, which which is really cool. So we're gonna kind of bring that bring that um, back to which is fun because I'm just like, okay, this is amazing. I have all this work that people have a lot of people haven't seen, and they're like, oh, that's so beautiful. I'm like, that's old. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. You can give it new life. New life. Yeah. yeah. But the
1: work from home definitely. I'm, I'm happy about that. That's new, and and this definitely was a pivot for, pivot from the pivot. So
0: great. I can't wait to keep that. <laughs> okay. yeah, I love your I love your masks. They. I actually just ordered one the other day. Sure. Cause it, yeah, because I was like, I've tried a bunch of masks. You know, I wrote that article for Forbes and a few of yes, the designers sent me awesome. masks. So I've, I've tried like a lot of masks at this point, <laughs> you know, and so I've learned what the way, the ones that I like and it, yours, the design of it looks really comfortable, like other ones that I've tried sort of, but I love your design and your colors the most. Thank you. So I'm really excited. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah, I honestly...
1: I, I'm sorry I mean to cut you off but first of all thank you for that amazing article that was so amazing it and, was my pleasure was so it. it was so amazing but the mask like for us I feel like it's really something that right now people really need to be wearing masks and staying covered but I also think that it's just going to be like an, a, an accessory that we'll probably probably keep because it, it's so a part of our brand, like when people are talking about how, oh my god, these masks are so comfortable. We get so many emails and so many messages. People are like, oh my god, your masks are my favorite. They're so comfortable. They're so stylish. Everyone asks me about them, and I'm like, is they're just an extension of our brand? Like yeah. it's literally the same. The lining on the inside is the same fabric we use for like some of our most popular pieces, and then the cotton on the outside, like it's just it basically is like owning Taylor J it's comfortable and it feels good you know and it's you know it's just it's just been cool so that's why I was like hey these people need they need to know about Taylor J too so <laughs> that's again, yeah, that's that pivot of it, so yes I'm glad you ordered I'll, I'll send you some extra ones
0: oh no no it's fine it's great I'm happy to support you for sure. Okay. So last question, I tend to ask this question, or I try to remember to ask this question in every interview because I like to focus on women who are a little bit older, who have a lot of experience and, and you are very young actually, but you have tons of experience under your belt. you seems like you've, you know, you've gone through a lot. And so what would you say this is kind of I'm springing this on you? Cause I didn't warn you, but what, <laughs> what would you say? is the best thing about getting older? Mm, that's
1: a really good question. That's I know, it's kind of question.
0: totally out of the blue, so I, I apologize.
1: <laughs> yeah, I like it, though. Um, the best thing about getting older um, is knowledge, wisdom, mm. and the way you use it. When you, I think, you know, when you get older and and you've been through so much, you know, and you're open to it, you, you know, your wisdom, everything that you've pretty much all the information you've accumulated and you've kind of learned and seen and things you've done and mistakes you've made, you just, you're you're the wisdom and the way that you can kind of pass it along. You know, I think if you're wise and you're definitely, you you just want to be not only just empower others, but you want to empower yourself so you can empower others. You know, you Mm -hmm. want to be wise and everything. And and it's just, I think it's wisdom and, and the way that you, what you do with it. I would have to say that's, that's what I feel. I feel like I'm becoming very wise And I'm using it in a way that I probably wouldn't have done 10 years ago or even 20 years ago. Yeah. I love that. Um, So yeah. And and with that, because that's how you empower people, you know, because you become stronger and better and then you're an influence. I know that I empower and inspire a lot of people that I don't even know. And my responsibility is much bigger than just selling clothes, you know? Um, And so wisdom is going to allow me to make the right decisions so I can, you know, be in that position, sit in that position properly and make others stronger by the, you know, the way I positioned myself.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you for answering that. That's a good
1: question. I love that question that sprung on you. (laughs) Yeah. I love love those thinking. when I'm like, huh, what is that? Yeah.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Awesome. Well, Taylor, thank you again so much for taking the time to speak to me in these crazy times. I really appreciate it. Of
1: course. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. I enjoyed it. It was really great. Oh,
0: good. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to the mean podcast. Please check out the online magazine at www.meanmagazine.com and get in touch. If you or someone, you know, should be featured in the magazine or on the podcast.